This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right, it's Baldry's Beat, Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Happy Friday. Okay, let's start with uh, Justin Trudeau and some of the breaking news here on the vaccine supply. So we got kind of good news, bad news going on, right? Yeah. So Moderna is delayed, cut in half. but we're getting more Pfizer. Let's start with Moderna. What's going on there? Yeah, so our uh, doses are cut in half for uh, this month, which is, Moderna's been a problem. Uh, from the get-go, our workhorse vaccine is Pfizer. Um, it, it arrives reliably. Uh, no. You know, BC's um, share of that has been reduced for this month. Uh, we were getting 162,000 doses a week of Pfizer. Now we're getting 138,000, so a reduction of 25,000 25, a week. Moderna arrives in fits and starts. I mean, we're supposed no. to get it every second or third Friday. Uh, it doesn't come in as as advertised. So now Moderna has announced that they're reducing their shipments to Canada by half. So that's going to, in terms of BC share, I think we're it's now down to six hundred fifty thousand. So our share is about almost ninety thousand doses of that. Okay, that's not good, but it is sort of the smaller piece of the puzzle, right? Like Pfizer, as you mentioned, is the key one. And Trudeau announcing this morning that we're getting more Pfizer doses into the country. So here's Trudeau speaking this morning about that. I want to thank everyone at Pfizer for their cooperation and hard work, not to just not just to keep deliveries on schedule, but to move more doses up and reach new agreements. With the New Deal, Canada will receive 4 million additional Pfizer doses in May, another 2 million in June, and 2 million more in July. Okay, Justin Trudeau this morning, they're announcing 8 million Pfizer doses. How big well, is this? Well, May, June, July are still a long ways off. I mean, yeah. We're in April right now. And we don't have enough Pfizer to to necessarily meet demand. So uh, Adrian Dix, he's been frustrated. I've detected frustration at these briefings where just give us more vaccines and we'll put them in more arms. Yeah, sure. So just don't. So, again, it sounds nice. May, June, July. July is a long ways off when we're yeah. in a vaccination program. So it's, well, especially uh, with the cases surging right, like, like they are right now. Exactly. So, I mean, I think he's trying to put a brave face on it, um, contrasting that with Doug Ford, who's about to have a news conference in Ontario, announcing more restrictions in Ontario as they approach 5,000 cases a day. Wow. Um, they're in a world of trouble. The ICUs are in, in danger of being overwhelmed there. There's talk of perhaps a curfew coming into Ontario. And uh, Mark contrasted in BC, we, Dr. Brian Henry and Adrian Nix had a uh, briefing yesterday, as well as a technical briefing. We had about 90 minutes with them, no talk of more restrictions, just simply continuing on likely the ban on in-person dining and a crackdown on businesses or, or work, work sites, workplaces that uh, have a transmission of the virus. There's what do you going think, to be more closures. What do you think of that contrast between BC and Ontario right now with Ontario moving to the tighter lockdown and BC resisting it? Well, the numbers will tell us tell the tale. I mean, right now our numbers continue to climb, but not at a huge rate. We're not escalating like Ontario is. I mean, they went from three thousand to almost five thousand in a week, a day. Wow. We're not at that level. Our ICU uh, uh, capacity is still very healthy. Our hospital bed capacity is still very healthy. Uh, our ventilator supply is still very healthy. The same can't be said for Ontario. So Ontario's in a bit of a panic mode. 
Okay, let's talk a little bit about some of the other things that came out yesterday from that news conference and the technical briefing and the uh, scientific modeling that we saw. One of the things I thought was interesting was uh, Bonnie Henry went through a chart showing where uh, where is most of the transmission happening. Very high on the list was in-person dining and, and bars, I believe. Restaurant and bars. Yeah. So it's interesting. In Vancouver Coastal, was looked at two health authorities in, in February and March, Vancouver Coastal and Fraser. The number one uh, problem area for Vancouver Coastal was restaurants and bars, 70 establishments, 150 cases, which really isn't that much. But Fraser Health, the top spreader there, the top wor- worst work site there was uh, industrial and manufacturing, which dwarfed the restaurants and bar situation in wow. Fraser Health. So that was the main culprit. But, again, this is the reason why the public health order – targeted certain situations. The the, the other uh, spreader of the virus or the, the work site that had the most cases were gyms, fitness studios, and, and, and such. And that's why they've been closed in terms of uh, group, right. group activities. Right. So this is why you see these kind of targeted shutdowns yeah. uh, is the strategy in British Columbia. They, they're looking closely at where the transmission is uh, occurring and responding accordingly. Now, the other thing, though, is everyone keeps talking, well, why don't they close the schools? Look what they've done in Ontario. They've shut the schools down. Mm-hmm. Why don't they do it here in British Columbia? And once again, Bonnie Henry, again, sort of making the argument that we're not seeing the transmission, we're not seeing the spread in schools. Very small percentage of cases in schools. Let's have a listen to what she had to say on that. Let's have Bonnie Henry yesterday. I know there's a lot of of, uh, talk about we need to close schools to stop transmission in the community, and we're not seeing that as an issue. Okay, your thoughts? Yeah, the data support, I mean, several slides yesterday with data of how many cases can be traced back to school, very a small percentage, less than one percent of the cases are can be traced back. The thing to that people got to keep in mind is that an exposure is different from an like outbreak. an outbreak in a school, right? So a lot of people may have, a lot of parents out there may have received letters about an uh, an exposure at their kid's school. It doesn't mean the I've virus is the, rampant in the school. There's been an exposure at my kid's school. Yep. Okay, but there has not been like rampant spread of the virus in, in these schools. Though. No, and right. a, a big difference. And um, again, the, the statistics don't bear out this claim from the BC Teachers Federation that suddenly COVID-19 is running rampant in BC schools. If there was evidence to that, I would hope the TF would produce that. But right now, they're staring at evidence produced on the other side of the argument, which is there's not a lot of cases of transmission in schools. Okay, so they continue to hold the line there. And that's why we're not closing schools. The other interesting thing yesterday from Dr. Bonahan, she reminded us there's three guiding principles in BC's approach to this pandemic. Number one goal, stop people from dying. That's the number one, prevent death. And you could argue we're succeeding. We have the low, one of the lowest mortality rates um, related to COVID west of New Brunswick. I think we actually have the lowest of, of the provinces. I think next is Saskatchewan. Secondly, ensure the healthcare system doesn't get overwhelmed with COVID. Even though hospitalization cases are surging as are ICU numbers, they're not at the, at the point of overwhelming the system. The third principle was, in her words, minimal disruption of society. Yeah. And right. people have to be reminded of that. So that means no lockdown. That means minimal restrictions. And that's going to continue. Yeah, that's the, and she's been pretty consistent on that, uh, all the way through. Yep. Despite a lot of pressure, like a lot of pressure and the pressure increasing. Yeah, we're not going to close schools. Yeah. There's just, uh, I just don't see any hope, any prospect of that happening. And we're not going to have, Lockdown measures. We're not going to have a curfew. Let me get your take real quickly on some federal politics. We've got a big week coming up next week with the federal budget looming here. And Aaron O'Toole this week announcing his 
carbon pricing system. Do not call it a tax. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who's been railing against Justin Trudeau's carbon tax for years, said he would scrap it. A lot of people looking at O'Toole's conservative party plan rolled out this week and say, well, how is this not a carbon tax? He's saying, no, it's a carbon savings account. So you'd pay, this would be a national tax, uh, ta- you know, he doesn't call it a tax, but if a national program com- comes in 20 bucks a ton, rising from there, the money would not go to the government, though. He says it would go into a savings account. You can use it to spend on, like, buying a bike or an electric car or some other sort of green initiative. Wow. He's going to be on with uh, Linda Steele later today, by the way, and I'm really looking forward to that interview. Let's have a listen to O'Toole here, and I- then I want to get your take on on uh, uh, what sort of challenge he's going to face selling this to Canadians. Here's O'Toole. Canada's Conservatives will scrap the federal carbon tax backstop and work with the provinces to implement an innovative and national personal low-carbon savings account. This will maintain a consumer price on carbon, but without one penny going to the government. Okay, so we're going to talk more about this later on the show. But do you think, is there any sign of a backlash growing against this? Could well, this divide the Conservative Party? Well, for sure. There's one thing trying to sell this to Canadians. Uh, his challenge is to sell this to Conservatives because yeah. uh, this is simply taking money from uh, from your wallet and then telling you what you can spend it on. That's the other <laughs> difference. With Trude- Trudeau has a rebate scheme. Spend on what, what you want. Uh, O'Toole is saying, well, you can bu- you can spend this money when we give it back to you, but only on certain items. I'm not sure this is going to fly with Conservatives. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There it is. All right, welcome back. Baldry's Beat, Keith Baldry. Phone lines are open, 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. We were just talking briefly off air there about some of the factors that Bonnie Henry outlines for his, her approach to this, this crisis. And one of the ones that she, that she referred to yesterday was minimal disruption to society. Right? Yeah. This is one of her key yeah. factors. Does that mean like keeping the economy going? It includes that, I guess. But. Yeah, it, it, and that's been our uh, her tenant since uh, day one, yeah. uh, which is uh, keep the economy going, but also protect the mental health of people. And that's something that I think is lost on a lot of the critiques of what's going on in various provinces. It seems to me Dr. Bonnie Henry has put a premium on the importance of mental health that's greater than what we've seen in other provinces, uh, that she equates mental health as almost as important as physical health. Inclu- which would include keeping schools open. Keeping schools yeah. open, keeping kids in school, keep, keeping families' routines intact, not have yeah. everybody shuttered at home in the doom and gloom. It's really much protecting mental health, and that means keeping the economy going as well. Okay, let's go to the phone, phone lines now. Ted calling from Kelowna. Hey, Ted. Good morning, guys. Hi. Um, I have a little question here about some information. I don't know if you're aware or... Have you heard anything about what is apparently going on in the U.S. Um, 
with the vac- vaccination. They've had uh, Americans that have been fully vaccinated, and apparently there's 6,000 people who have contacted COVID, and there's been a number of deaths well, uh, from keep, like, the yeah, okay. COVID-19 vaccine is not working. No, it's working. And, it's working. Don't. Um, well, that's why they get to the efficacy rate, right? Like yeah. when they talk about like Pfizer is what ninety something yeah, percent effective. Is, that means there's a, still a chance you can get it. This right? is not a hundred percent. People don't have to understand what vaccinations are all about. Uh, again, in B, in BC, the Center for Disease Control posts uh, every a weekly update of how many adverse reactions there are to vaccines. No one has died from getting a vaccine in BC, but there have been people just like the flu vaccine. People get adverse allergic reactions sometimes to to vaccines. Um, but again, it's a very, 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 very small number. Yeah, Center for Disease Control, looking at this story now, 5,800 fully vaccinated people got covid uh, anyway, and we've had, we've had people, remember they've, how many millions have they vaccinated? Exactly. And we've had so, people in BC have had got it's a milder strain of COVID after you've been vaccinated. Yeah. We've had so you may BC. get it, but you get less sick, right? And we've had that in BC. There are people in long-term care homes, and this has been flagged for weeks now, who even after they've been vaccinated have got COVID, but it's a much milder strain. And that's why we're not seeing people die in long-term right. care Right. You do not let this dissuade you from getting the vaccine. No. no okay. No. You should get the vaccine. Let's go to Garth in Victoria. Hey, Garth. Yeah, it's called about that uh, carbon savings account. I think it's a brilliant yeah. idea. Um, I mean, there's a lot of various levels of government money on the table for, you know, upgrading houses, etc. The honest truth is for most people starting out in the housing, um, all of those programs are completely out of reach. Say you want to put a heat pump in your house, there's, you know, $7,500 worth of uh, grants available. That's a $20,000 job. Mm-hmm. By having this savings account, you can you're, you're going to be paying the tax anyway. You can just see that grow. Yeah, and you know, after a couple of years, you'll be able to afford to do that. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, thank you for that. No, there is a there is an uh, there is an argument to be made for it that this is something that conservatives have been working on for a long time to try and put together oh. something that's going to be palatable to people. It's creative and, and won't pr- won't trigger that kind of backlash in conservative ranks. Now we'll see in bedrock conservative bastions of support well, like Alberta if be- they go along. Bedrock conservatives like are very leery of government programs to begin with, whether it's yeah. what, no matter what the government program is. This would add another layer of bureaucracy. You have to create a new program. So there's an element of conservatives who are just going to wash their hands of this and will have nothing to do with it. But it is creative. I'll give Aaron O'Toole that credit. It's uh, something that's a little, little outside the box. Yeah, let's go to Jen on the line in Surrey. Hi, Jen. Hi. Um, I just wanted to comment about... Uh, um, the situation with the schools again, <clears throat> sure. because um, I, I hear the data, I looked at the data that was on the website, and I, I'm a little suspicious of what's going on. Uh, just as a personal anecdotal story, my husband who works in construction in Surrey, outside, he never goes out of the house except to work, and has since the beginning of COVID. He got a new partner a couple months ago, a young man, and the young man has kids. Well, um, my husband was sent home yesterday because the young man's kids who go to school contracted COVID at school. The young man is sick with COVID. And now my husband, who hasn't been out in 14 months, honest to God, has gone home now for 14 days and has to go through EI and everything. So if they're sure. looking at industrial and work sites and they're saying that's where it's starting to happen, you have to go a step backwards and see where is the first initial contact. So you at. think that this came from the schools? Well, it definitely in this case did. It okay. definitely, the young uh, man's son 
contracted yeah. COVID at school, and this is way past March break. We're talking April, it was on Tuesday, so it's April, what, 13th? And okay. uh, my husband, as of yesterday, was sent home because his partner now tests. Okay, sorry to hear that about your what your yeah, husband. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Keep, Again, con- here. contact tracers do the work. Uh, the data presented yesterday. There are very small number of cases associated with schools. It's not zero, but, right? But yeah. it's not thousands. It's not hundreds. Um, so, and the yeah. other thing that jumped out at you yesterday, one of the slides that Bonnie Henry put up yesterday in this briefing, showed the number of kids who got COVID after the Christmas break and after spring break. Right. Oh. In other words, they got COVID. Outside well, they're out of school. Out of school. So the, yeah. n- the number of uh, kids testing positive, uh, school-age kids testing positive, increased during uh, spring break and Christmas yeah. break, rather than being in school, which is, again, more data to support the notion that schools are safer than not having schools um, open. Keith, have a good weekend. You